When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Now McDavid Barrett-Hannifin. He's got to deal with him. McDavid to the net. Great shot score. Top right corner. Two. One. Edmonton. McDavid. A breathtaking length of the ice rush for his 25th of the year. And the Oilers have the lead in the Battle of Alberta. Ah, I know that guy's voice. I just, give me a sec here. I got to try to remember it. Um, Oh, it's coming back to me. I keep thinking he's from, where's he from? Is it like North Carolina or something like that? No, Pennsylvania. He's from Pennsylvania. Jack Michaels. It's Jack Michaels. That's the guy. That's the guy. Man, I wonder what he's up to these days. Kellen, is there a way we could find out? Well, he's we, on the line right now. Oh, we got Jack. Jack's called in just to talk and stuff. Hey, Jack, how's it going? I didn't call in. I didn't agree to this. My agent wrongfully penciled me in the 705. You know how I feel about being third or fourth up. So I arrive at this show an extremely bitter, disingenuous, disengaged, and borderline angry guest. Well, but this is this is great it because is we want to talk a little bit about football. The it game is, is not a coveted time slot. I didn't even get six thirty-five for God's sake. The well, we had a Golden Bear hockey player at six thirty-five, Grayson Polichuk. He's a good player. Yada yada yada. All right, enough with the disrespect. I hope you bring your A game tonight because I thought I, last time you were middling at best. I always got my A game, baby. Leonard Fournette yeah. just got a touchdown, by the way. Tampa Bay's up 13 hey, 7. I got it on PVR. Button it up. Who PVRs Monday Night Football? What are you, what well, are you doing I have tonight? Other obligations, familial obligations. Something oh. you only know about when it's time to feed Mr. and Mrs. Wilkins. <laughs> I, I, if I don't have to feed my parents, they're quite yes, capable. I gotta do. feed the dog sometimes. Story today about you making your dad watch soccer. Why can't you let him enjoy his golden years? For God's sake, <laughs> he was he was kind of reluctant. But when it, was, it got so crazy and he had to watch that penalty kick shootout, it was it was just sort of amusing just to see and how that bad it was. Behavior that led them to choose only one. They got it right the first time. That's why I'm an only child. Or they were yeah, afraid of having sure. more like me. I'm not sure. I believe I believe the first uh, the first words out of your obstetrician's mouth was, "You've been forewarned." <laughs> now, there's no truth to the rumor that you were actually born 2200. Were you? That I was what? Born 2200. You didn't come out with specs on, did you? Oh, my eyesight. No, no, I got glasses on my seventh birthday. Still the greatest birthday of my life. I could see again. It was amazing. That's that's what they told you. It was actually your third birthday. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure I was seven because I could read and write and do all that kind of stuff that I couldn't do when when I was three. 
Anyway, Leonard Fournette got a touchdown. It's I've t- given this. Will you quiet down? No, I people. They, there's like 14 people that want to know the score. It's 14-7 for Tampa Bay. No so one there now. You can start Tampa at this LA point in the, the game. Market. They should be caring about the Browns. Seven and three for the first time since you were in the prime of life, Reed. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Like, how excited are you about the Browns? They, they're looking good. They're winning a bunch of different ways. I'm ecstatic. 1994 was the last year they were in this type of position. That also was their last win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the coaches in that game were Bill Belichick and the immortal Rich Kotite for the Eagles. Who later oh, wow. guided the Jets to a 1-15 record and was fired, replaced by... Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick, as it turned out. And oddly enough, I'm about 100 pages into the Bill Parcells biography that came out four or five years ago. It's actually pretty interesting. He He's just in his second year with the Giants in the book. It kind of moves pretty quickly through his college career. He bounced around all over. I think he was with seven different NCAA schools before he got a chance to go. Well, he was with the Giants. He quit in spring Is camp. Is that a new biography, Reed, or have I, have I read that one already? I, feel like I don't know if you read it. It came out, I think it came out late in 2015 or maybe late in 2016. 16 but you know it's what? Uh, i might not have it I, you know what it's been a while since i've ransacked your sports library i'm gonna have that's to get true. a few more you know what i can't believe i didn't think of that during this whole covid downtime i need to uh i need to peruse the wilkins library again and for those of you wondering of all the stuff jack and i uh, often joke about in these segments he actually uh, has ransacked my, my bookcase a couple of times which i'm fine with if i've read a book and so i can pass it on to someone to read i i have no problem with that at all but i'm, I'm reading parcells Bar- biography which is is pretty interesting so what happened jack again i'm going to spoil part of it for you but just a small part he got a chance to go coach the the new york giants linebackers after moving around all over the United States with his Including wife and Colorado daughters. Springs. We, we both, we both right. have lived in Colorado Springs. He coached at Air Force for that's, a year. That's where he was. And he, uh, he went to the spring camp and he called his wife. He's like, okay, we got to move you out here. And she's like, I don't think I could do it again. Like she really liked living in Colorado Springs. So he said to the coach at the time, I think it was Perkins, Ray Perkins. Does that make sense? Ray I think Perkins, it was. The giant head coach, correct. So he, so Belichick said, I'll stay till the end of spring camp and then I'm done. So the person who drove him to the airport to go back to Colorado Springs was Bill Belichick, who was like 26 or 27 at the time. And then eventually Parcells the next season got back into it with the, uh, with the New York Jets. But that coaching tree with Parcells is, is, is pretty big, but it's funny. Like Bel- how come it didn't work out for Belichick with the Browns? The inexperienced did the roster suck or what? Well, in 1994, he led them to an 11-5 record. They beat Parcells on the Patriots in the opening round of the playoffs. I was at that game. And then they lost the next week to Pittsburgh. The next year, the Browns are sitting, and I believe they were, I want to say they were 4-2 or 4-3, first place in the AFC Central, and it leaked out that the Browns were moving to Baltimore. Team collapsed lost nine of their last 10 and Belichick was fired at the end of the year, but they were, they, so in other words, they were coming off a playoff appearance and they were in the mix the next year. And then uh, everything went haywire with the move to Baltimore and, and Belichick did not make the move to Baltimore. Modell moved the team. And really it was a, it was a real fishy transition of power there because 
the guy that set up the deal with Modell and the Browns and the city of Baltimore was a guy by the name of Al Lerner. And Al Lerner, it's subsequently been basically surmised that he was all along positioning himself for a run at an NFL team. He didn't get the team in Baltimore. He ended up getting the team in Cleveland after he convinced Modell to be the front man to move the Browns to Baltimore, take all the vilification, and then Lerner presented himself as the hero that brought the Browns back to back back to Cleveland. And that was and and Lerner convinced Modell that it would be a goodwill gesture to relinquish the naming rights to the team and the colors. So all of the Browns' records are intact. The Ravens, as far as the NFL is concerned, began in 1996. There's no connection to the Browns. It's not a, you know, Thrashers-Jets scenario or a Jets-Coyotes scenario. It's, it's a clean swipe, and that was engineered by Lerner on behalf of Modell, and then he double-crossed them and brought the team back to the city of Cleveland. Yeah, I, I do you remember the Sports Illustrated? They were once great friends, never spoke again. Do you remember the Sports Illustrated cover? It was a, an illustration of uh, Art Modell punching uh, yeah. a fan from the dog pounds in the in the balls, basically. I, I'm a Browns fan, and I just finished my last issue of Sports Illustrated after a 29 year run. I can no longer tolerate the fact that it's a mediocre publication uh, published once a month. If you grew up as I did in the heyday of Sports Illustrated when it was the best weekly magazine in North America, you cannot abide by what's happened to the magazine industry. Not necessarily Sports Illustrated's fault, but I have said bye-bye very recently. I said bye-bye, oh, I want to say maybe six years ago to Sports Illustrated. And man, like some of the like I started getting it as a teen in the late '80s, obviously, but you know, my parents got it for me. But then I continued with it, and there was so, there was the writing was just so good. I mean, when Riley was in his prime, and um... with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, I mean, Perlman was there, Russian, Talander, uh, who's the basketball guy, McCallum. Yeah. Yeah. And the storytelling was... And the, and the, what's that? Peter King. The guy yeah, of that, course. of course, uh, cut his teeth as, as uh, you know, Bill Parcells and the New York Giants beat writer. I mean, that's how Peter King got his start. So, yeah, and, no, my dad is remains, he's, he's an original. He's an original subscriber. Got the first issue in September of 1954, and he said he keeps it out of sentiment. And I just, like I said, I, I finally said goodbye to it. And one thing I always appreciated about Sports Illustrated, Jack, and, and I think probably influenced the way I broadcast, is that, of course, they'd have the NFL story of the week, NBA story of the week, a profile of a college athlete. But there would always be that, that the story, usually in every issue, where it was about some, you know, slow pitch pitcher who played in a beer league. And if they told, found a way to tell that story or, and I, I still remember, well, I don't remember all the details, but an article I read it, it was about an NCAA swimmer. And 
I thought, okay, well, this is their human interest article. And I start reading it and I start reading it. And it was, you know, those were a little longer. Remember, they were usually eight to 10 pages off yeah, near the back of the magazine. Form, yep. And it was long form before we called it long form. Right. And I remember getting to near the end of the article with about a page left. And, and, you know, and I was like, oh my God, this, this person's going to die. Like it wasn't a famous athlete, but they, they basically did an extended obituary of this swimmer who was not a big name, but whatever reporter it was uncovered this incredible human story about her swimming and battling injuries. And then eventually she became very ill and, and passed away. And I remember like, like it was a legitimate tearjerker and, and it, it, it still sort of stayed with me the way they told that story and made me care about someone, you know, who wasn't Michael Jordan or, or Joe Montana or whoever they usually wrote about. Well, I know that oftentimes uh, you have an opportunity to listen to my play-by-play in the latter stages of the third period. And I've definitely, you know, caught that emotion as, as your eyes have moistened and, and you've teared up in the latter stages of my broadcast. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I know I've moved you into, into deep spiritual ways that your listening audience can only imagine. Yes, that's that's what your play-by-play does. Hey, look, Jack, uh, I would say that I'm sorry for ruining your evening, but if I did, it wouldn't be sincere. So I'll just thank you for coming on the show. What, that's it? Uh, not only do you push me to 7.05, but I get eight minutes? I got a, I got somebody else coming on, and then we got the coaches show. That's it. That's what I figured. Holy cow! I have got this time. I mean it. I am officially firing my agent. <laughs> there he is. The agent's fired. That is Jack Michael. So I uh, look forward to hearing his play-by-play again, hopefully very soon. We're going to quickly catch up with Alan Watt in a couple minutes. Bucks and Rams with about four minutes left in the second quarter. We have ruined Jack Michaels' evening, but uh, this gentleman is pleased to be here. Vice President of Communications and Marketing for the AA football team, Alan Watt, is checking in. Hey, Alan, how are things? I'm good, thanks. How are you? How's Jack? Did did you not have a hand in bringing Jack to Edmonton? You know, I did, uh, and I'm very uh, proud of that, actually. Uh, You know, when Rod Phillips... uh, retired and decided that uh, after 30 some years 39 years or whatever it was that he was uh, he had enough uh, we had at, uh, when i was uh, with the, the hockey team at the time we had over 200 and some people send applications in all of them people who had done some broadcasting done some play-by-play uh, some large and small but i can tell you at the very end there was, uh, I'll never forget it because I, I got Jack's tape and listened to it. And I went in to see Patrick LaForge and said, you've got to listen to this because uh, this is pretty good. And uh, he said, well, who is it? I said, well, it's a guy that's been in the East Coast Hockey League in Alaska. And he's done about 900 games in the East Coast Hockey League. And he was, Patrick said, what? And so we listened to it and, and uh Jack was just so good. He'd done such a broad background of doing play-by-play. He'd classic, uh, as we all did, you know, in in this business starting out. I mean, he was a guy that sold advertising, organized the team bus, organized the, the, you know, the pregame meal, and did the play-by-play as well. And uh, he was just really good. And then the thing that cinched it was one of his references was Doc Emmerich. 
and I, I thought, gee, this is my chance to phone Mike Emmerich, <laughs> and I did. And uh, I'll never forget Mike uh, Emmerich saying, you know, he said, Alan, I, I listen to a lot of young broadcasters. And uh, he said, there's, there's two or three guys out there that are NHL ready. And Jack is one of them. And, and well, Edmonton's been the beneficiary of that because he was, he is, uh, he's a really solid broadcaster. And he's become a, he and his family, they've become great Edmontonians too. They're dug in here. And I think that, that, that's, that's worth something too. But he's very good, in my opinion. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. Uh, we, just, we just got it, got you for a quick one here, Alan. I, I mentioned the 50-50 earlier. It, it was awesome. And Winifred Stewart's Joey Moss Memorial Fund is going to benefit from that. People can uh, go to the ESC's website to help out, uh, make suggestions for a new name if they got something they really want to throw into the fire. Uh, double E name time on Twitter. Tell us a little bit about the, the timing here, though, uh, the window you're looking for suggestions, and then maybe... I don't know if there's an approximate date you want to unveil a, a new team name, but what are we looking at here? Well, I think uh, this is all part of the process. You know, this is Edmonton's community-owned football team, and if it is, then then it's incumbent upon us to go to the community and allow them to, uh, uh, from wherever. We, we've had somebody today sent a suggestion from Australia. We've had over 4,500 uh, people uh, suggest names in le- in a day, twenty just over twenty four hours. So people care about the team, and they and I hope they always will, and they care enough to uh, make suggestions. And so we're going to listen to them all till December the first, and then we'll start looking at that data then, and then we'll condense that down and probably get back to people again to say uh, you know here's a shorter list, and then we'll go from there. Alan, I'm going to ask you one more here. Uh, because somebody did write into me and say, man, like, are, are they limiting themselves by keeping the logo and sticking with with, with an e-name? How much was that discussed and, and, and gone over? Uh, a great deal. Uh, you know, at length, uh, amongst a lot of our stakeholders and the board and others. And, you know, there's so much history and so much pride really in the last 70 years of, of that logo and uh, you know people feel very strongly uh, within the organization and outside the organization that there should always be something historical that we can hang our hat on and and what better than that logo yeah well i personally am glad you're keeping the logos and the colors but i you know i think it's an interesting question that uh, you know you certainly you would have talked right. about maybe breaking the mold a little bit Absolutely. Well, you know, when you do things like this, um, you know, you can't you can't say there's only certain things on the table. You have to say, you know, the table is clean. Let's put it all out there and see what happens. But I, to your to what you just said and and what I've said as well is that I just think that when you go back to the turn of the last century and and this one and the last seventy two years of of. Uh, Green and gold and EE, I, I, you know, there, there, uh, there, there should be some historical connotation to uh, what you're going to do in the future as well. Alan, thanks for popping on, man. We got to get out of the way for Milanovic and Morley, but I always love having you on the show. Thanks for updating us. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, keep sending those names in. December first, the deadline. There we go. Esk.com/slash name that's alan watt vice president of marketing and communications for the team yeah the coaches show is next scott milanovich and morley scott i'll be back tomorrow at six with another edition of inside sports thanks for tuning in 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.